What's up, world? Welcome to Authentically Us. Welcome back, I should say. You know, this is the podcast where we dive into what it means to be authentically you in all aspects of life. Hey, we're going to do this at the top now. Share. Before we even jump in, go ahead and share this. Uh, leave a review. Like it. You know, this is this is how keep, this is what keeps us going, right, Tony? Oh, this is how people will find us. Yeah, and you know, give us a review. Let us know. Let us know what you want us to talk about too. Because only five stars, please. Only five stars. <laughs> but we're letting you guys know at the top. Hey, I'm here. I'm Conroy, uh, the host, and I'm here with the man, your man, and co-host Tony Morton. What's up, y'all? Um, today we thought, you know, we've been we've been doing episodes after episodes and thank you guys all first of all for yeah talking with us this long absolutely like it it means a lot you know tony and i literally just was like hey let's do this let's just start a podcast so thank you guys all for listening um and we thought today would be a good day to get to know us a little bit more more specifically to get to know tony a little bit more so let's just let's just give a round of applause for tony real quick you know all, all the people so our special guest today is tony morton aka tony the morton tony the morton um tony is a father he works for cco um he is a student he is a friend. He is a husband. He is a son. Tony is a lot of things, but one thing that he really is is attractive. He is an attractive man. He is, <laughs> he is very good looking. Um, but yeah, we're gonna dive in today. Um, I'm, I'm excited for today's today's topic because um it has opened my eyes to so much more to the world than um just what you see with our, our natural eyes. Today, we're going to talk about uh, cerebral palsy and living with uh, disabilities. So, Tony, can you talk a little bit about, um, can you just talk about a little bit about your cerebral palsy? Yeah, so um, I, basically what <clears throat> cerebral palsy is, it's a it's a physical disability often caused by uh premature birth for me uh my mom's umbilical cord was wrapped around my neck three times and so i i had a hard time breathing in the womb and so because of that uh i developed cerebral palsy which uh basically is it really affects your muscles and causes your muscles to always be tight. And so it's hard to uh, relax and just um, do a lot of the um, normal things, if you will, mm -hmm. like swim or, or ride a bike, which those are two things I didn't really learn to do until um high school yeah now um how long how long was was the umbilical cord wrapped around your neck you know like how long was it 
um, difficult for you to breathe in the womb? Or do you even know? Uh, no, I actually have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I just know that often um, uh, my mom told me I was her miracle child because um, I wasn't, I shouldn't be alive. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. It's wild to think about that because, you know, anytime something is wrapped around uh, or somebody's choking or something like outside the womb, that's a big deal. So I can only imagine <laughs> yeah. how um, like wild that experience was in in the time of, of birth. But I'm yeah. so glad that, you know, she ended up going through with with the birth and you know, you, you are healthy and and everything. Um, my, my, my question is, have you, you know, we just talked to, you know, they just kind of went through the Roe versus Wade thing and, um, it is a big deal. Um, my question is, was there ever a time or maybe your mom have talked about it, or maybe, you known somebody who has also talked about this that has similar situation where, um, aborting was was a thought or maybe you know or came across the mind or or something like that or maybe you know somebody who has gone similar situations um so at least no my mom has never uh mentioned that aborting was even an option Mm -hmm. uh having me and so um i I personally don't know anyone that has had that um, that conversation come up, but I yeah. know it happens. Yeah, I know that often if people, you know, expect to have a quote unquote normal pregnancy and then realizes, oh, this child's gonna have uh so and so birth defects mm-hmm. they question like uh do is it right to abort or whatever and it's like you know it, they're not always thinking that out of malice they're it's a very nuanced thing right like you have to think through do they have the specific resources to care for a special needs kid mm-hmm. um especially with cerebral palsy most people are in wheelchairs um they really struggle to to um talk and so they often need a computerized um way to communicate and so the resources are a lot and so um it, it's just tricky but yeah i'm definitely i know that that conversation arises yeah no that that's that's a good point i didn't even think about that about the resources because um from my understanding correct me if i'm wrong there are different levels of cerebral palsy i think there i think i was studying in school about there's like four different categories or five um and from my understanding, you have a you have like the mildest case. Yeah. Um, um, often, if I'm just sitting somewhere, you would never know I have cerebral palsy. 
mm-hmm. you you might th- start to think I have a disability when you hear me speak or when you see me walk and you realize that I have a gait in my step or as Conroy always said, my sweat. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But most people, like, so do you remember at Camp Falling Spring at Senior Year, we visited the Adams family? Yeah, I was just going to bring that up. Yeah, so for those of you that don't know, um, every year a youth group that we went to had a camp called Camp Falling Spring where we would go away for a week, hang out, grow in the Lord, uh, that type of thing. And then in Shippensburg, they have a family of disabled children uh, that we always called the Adams family. And there was one, there was one uh, person in particular called, uh, named uh, Andrew. And Andrew had cerebral palsy as well, but his was extreme. Mm-hmm. Wheelchair bound, um, always needed a computer to speak, yeah. um, always needed assistance, whereas I can get around on my own. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there, there's when you came out to visit San Diego, you know, nobody really knew um, until, you know, I may have mentioned it or maybe they, they heard us talking about it because you are very um able-bodied if you will um now my question is what was it like growing up you know i imagine you know resources may have been hard or just being in like a small town and people just not knowing what was what was your experience growing up with cp oh man growing up sucked um tremendously um yeah. You know, my mom's amazing. She did the best that she could uh raising me. Um but it was very much protective um cuz she didn't want me to ever get hurt and she didn't know how she didn't know what I could do. Um but I I was often told by my mom I can't do this or that because of my cerebral palsy. Wow. Um, like I couldn't ride a bike just because my CP wouldn't allow me. I couldn't swim because my, my body or just all these things that as a kid you learn, mm-hmm. it's not even a question of should we teach you Every kid eventually learns how to swim. My two-year-old son, right now, we are learning, loves the water. And it's we didn't have to have a conversation about, do we let him swim? It just happened. Yeah. Um, and so that was horrible. My mom of like, I just, I feel like I can't do anything I want to do because... I'm told my body can't do it. And so by high school, I just often used my cerebral palsy as a crutch because that's what I grew up believing. But then um, 
through a really amazing friend. Shout out to Marky. Um, he did not let me say I couldn't swim or ride a bike because of my CP. He was determined to show me I could. Yeah. And now I can swim. I can ride a bike. Uh, but it took someone reframing my thoughts around my CP and then um, to go along with that you have high school and middle school and we all know middle school, high school, elementary school sucks Yeah, (laughs) for many reasons but uh, you, uh, you tag on a disability um I was always picked on. I was always mm. called a retard. Um, mm. I was always, uh, there would be students that would intentionally slow their speech down because they didn't think I could comprehend what they were saying. Mm. Um, I, I, I remember that there was someone that said to me, Tony, no one cares about you. Why why are you even around? Um, mm. And so I just got so much hatred from, from my peers. I started to wonder, does my mom even care about me? Mm. Uh, or did she just have me out of obligation? Um, now, I, I realize that's not true now, mm. but back then, if everyone hated me because I was either biracial or um, had a disability. I just had to wonder, is that the same for, for my mom? Mm. Now, um, you know, you and I have talked about, you know, therapy and, you know, growing through family dynamics, growing through some of our past, but, I can only imagine, you know, you probably had some dark days or even dark times. Um, what would you say was your lowest moment in regards to CP? Oh, so I think, I think in regards to CP, um, w- one of my lowest moments. I don't know if it was the lowest, mm-hmm. but it's something I always think about was in in ninth grade. I I really had a crush on this girl. Um sweet, kind. And I said to one of my uh who I thought was a friend, uh he said I told him I liked her, and he said, uh, you're way out of her league. She doesn't, she would never date a retard, sorry. Yeah. Um, and and I, I realized at that moment, dang, isn't that all people see that I am? Um, and so that began this internalization of like, Dang, will I will I never have um will I never be in a relationship because of my cerebral palsy? Um and 
you know, as we've talked about on previous episodes, I've always wanted to be a dad. I've always wanted to change the narrative when it came to uh, fatherhood in my family. And so to to really to have someone say that who I thought was a friend and I didn't have many back then. Yeah. Um, just started me on this journey of like, I'm going to prove you wrong. Uh, and I ha- just had an, an obsession of being in a relationship and proving him wrong, which was not healthy at all. Um, and so you know, through through friendships like uh you and I as Conroy, like I began to realize that like I wasn't living in a place of freedom but in a place of bondage. Because yeah. I always had to prove myself. Mm. Um I was never really into a girl necessarily because I liked her, but because I had to prove that no, I'm worthy. I'm able to get um a girl, and it was just toxic. It was it was not good. Yeah. Um, and you know, thankfully, you know, the Lord has blessed me with an amazing son, amazing, beautiful wife. Um, but yeah, it was it was dark. It was yeah. hard. Um, and in the thought of being single my whole life because of my cerebral palsy led me to two years of suicidal ideation. Wow. Yeah. That's big, you know, and, you know, a lot of people kind of go through those suicidal thoughts depending, like depending on what they're, what their what their thing is you know yours just happened to be not feeling good enough because of you know cerebral palsy um during those two years did you have did you have anybody supporting you did you did you have like anybody to talk to um no i i remembered very vividly i would keep my head down during school just do what i had to do to get by go home go straight up to my room and cry myself to sleep uh because school school wasn't a safe place but neither was home Mm. Uh, my mom and stepdad would always fight and argue um i couldn't really hang out with my brother without being yelled at by my stepdad and so I was alone and I I didn't know who to trust and so um you know I always tell tell people that like I'm thankful that um my stepfather didn't own a gun or at least I never knew where it was if he ever did, uh, because I would have hands down got it ended my life. I I know I would have, wow. um, because there'd be times that, 
um, I would be left home alone and I would just go down to the kitchen and stare at the knives. Um, never, never cutting myself because I didn't want the long pain, but for months I would just stare at those knives wanting to end it all. Man. So then how, how did you get out of that two year, uh, that two-year depressive state? Um, I, so end of ninth grade, I met, um, I met two, two women that were like really influential in my life. Uh, Sarah Hurley, who I remembered, I, I would always sit with, um, in in lunch Mm -hmm. and she just had this kind and gentle spirit about her that would just always want to know about my life and want really want to know me um but then i also met casey straub um who i just for the longest time i didn't want to be around um but she was Anytime she saw me, she would say hi, hi in the hallway and just really, really kind. And so I started to have some flicker of hope, but it was a very small flicker because I thought, yeah, they probably just want to get close to me to uh, make fun of me. Because mm. I always thought people behind my back we're just saying something rude and mean. And so I can never trust. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until Sarah Hurley passed away our junior year that I really started to think, okay, like <laughs> what's going on? I, I don't want to go to this prayer squad because, you know, I thought if there's a good God, there's no way in hell he's good to me because of everything I've gone through. Yeah. Um, and so that's when I like really met you, Blake, Tyler, um, kind of a core group of um, high school friends now. And I was just overwhelmed by the pursuit of me like you guys were relentless especially Blake always inviting me to church to the point where I think I said to him I'll go once but then leave me alone and so I went to church and found that same uh, radical love and acceptance and like this idea of like we want all of you even your disability to be here and be with us and that's when I really started to be like oh wow I can really have friends that care deeply let me let me explore this god thing more yeah that's so that's so crazy um I I I mean Sarah and Casey they were very uh, pivotal, pivotal uh, people in our high school career because um, they both ended up 
passing away in car accidents, uh, junior and senior year. And I didn't realize how pivotal, pivotal they were in your life. Um, and how essentially the spark of hope they gave you, um, allowed our friendship allowed. It's like, it's almost like, their spark of hope that they gave you allowed you to be the man who you are today, allowed you to, to grow into the, the husband, the, the father you are today. So that, that's really cool to, to know that, um, you know, even, even despite their passing that there was, you know, so much good that came out of that, which I think is, is amazing. Um, I did want to talk a little bit about you mentioned, you know, when we, when we all we all met. Now, I remember when we first well, you mentioned in one of the first episodes how you didn't like me at first. Um, but I think it went back to you thinking that everybody had, I guess, an ulterior motive to make to make fun of you. Yeah. Um, also, in the beginning of this episode, you mentioned how uh, cerebral palsy is very much a muscular thing. What are some misconceptions about uh, cerebral palsy? Um, well, the the main misconception is that people think uh, because, you know, we can't speak or we speak slowly that mentally we can't keep up but mentally we're fully there. Like mm. I'm a very intelligent um, uh, person and articulate person, even though I may not speak as quickly as someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that was a big education point for me, you know, after we, we, we became friends, I just remember when we were all hanging out, um, you would just show up to events or show up to people's houses a lot without a ride home to be, to be correct. Um, Yo, but that's I, so true, <laughs> but I, I get it. Why, you know, and I was in a similar boat where, you know, um, it wasn't necessarily safe at home. So I would always be somewhere else. And now it makes way more sense because it wasn't safe at home for you. Um, and it, and it necessarily wasn't necessarily fun for you to be at at school so you know hanging around us who just cared you know and you mentioned marky i remember i remember marky is the most i tell people he is one of the most patient inpatient person people i know yeah um because he spent time with you to teach you how to swim to teach you how to ride a bike teach you how to play ping pong and and all these things and it was just like it was really cool because you could see you getting your hope back, you getting uh, your life back, essentially like, wow, I actually can live a normal life. And yeah. moments like that, I just can vividly remember. I also vividly remember um, us egging you on while you were on a diving board to do backflips. And that was the <laughs> funniest thing ever because you would land <laughs> straight on your back. <laughs> and pretty sure i peed my pants uh multiple times yeah i mean you probably did (laughs) 
And let's be clear, when we get together, still, you egg me on to do backflips. Yeah, it's it's my favorite thing to do in life. <laughs> Probably the favorite thing to do in life. Um, oh, I did want to go back just a little bit uh, before we kind of push a little bit forward. What was the moment that you knew that you were you were different? Wow, that's a good question. Um, I, I think it was some sometime in elementary school when I asked mom if I could try out for the basketball team. And she just said no because of my cerebral palsy. Wow. Wow. It's like, I don't know. I mean, you're a parent. I'm not yet. But it's like, do you allow your child to attempt to do something? Or do you protect your child from the heartache, the pain of failure. Yeah. And, and like, I, again, you know, I, I think those extremes are, they both can be good and bad. So I just want to like free any parent listening that may think that only one's good. Uh, Cause mm-hmm. that's not true, but I think for my mom, it was so, I think for her, it was so crippling to know I had cerebral palsy mm-hmm. and think I was so fragile. Cause like my mom already is prone to having anxiety and worrying about everything. Yeah. And so, uh, being who I was with cerebral palsy didn't help. And so she was just so afraid of something happening that she wanted to play it safe. And I can't fault her for that because, you know, if I was completely able-bodied and told that my first child had cerebral palsy, I don't know what I would do either. Yeah. Um, but I think having this experience, if if Clay or any other um any other of my kids were to have any type of disability, if they say they want to do something and it's it might be a challenge, but I knew it wouldn't like possibly kill them or significantly significantly injure them mm-hmm. i'm going to let them do it yeah 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 it's like a it's like a tug of war yeah uh, as, as a parent um do you think with how you know your mom was giving doing her best you know no nobody gave her a playbook of how to raise a kid um with cerebral palsy but do you think maybe how she raised you or maybe even how you grew up do you think that it has affected you or still affecting you today in terms of like how you respond to things or how you go into certain um, situations? Oh yeah. I, 
I think for sure there's still some things around like my disability and just being afraid that it it will hold me back doing certain things yeah. until I realize that like no, I realized the limits of my body now and who I was as a kid isn't who I am today. Mm-hmm. And then I pushed through that to realize I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, I did I did want to uh, touch on this one story. Um, I think it was, what, 2020? Or, I don't know, last year or two years ago. Oh, gosh. This was when you were well first of all i I just want i wanted to allude to that tony is capable of doing so many things he he works out fine he he drives like he does like i said if you met him you wouldn't know you wouldn't know that he had a disability um but i remember this time i was home just for a little bit and you and i you know you were working at chick-fil-a and i came And you brought my order out and you were like down, like you just looked down. And when I tell you guys, Tony is never like visibly sad. He's just always happy, um, especially when he sees another black person in Chambersburg. But that's besides the point. Um, <laughs> and you were visibly down. <laughs> and I remember you coming up to me and saying that um, somebody commented on I don't know. Was it the way you walk or the way? What was it? Um. Yeah, it was uh, the my walking. But then when I was talking to him, mm-hmm. asked me if I asked me if I was drunk. Wow. And yeah, you you came sad and I was like, what what's going on, Tony? And And you mentioned that. And. All I said was like something stupid i was like well did you fight him you know like (laughs) like like something like that but talk a little bit about like moments like that and i'm sure those happen um still um but moments like that like how does it make you feel and even how has it made you feel and how have you grown through situations like that yeah i i think you know, because I am so, because my disability is so mild, on the day-to-day, I forget I have cerebral palsy. Um, but when, like, that question of, are you drunk? I get that, I get that more than I would like to admit. Um mm. You know, at 9 a.m. when I go into a barber shop, I had someone ask, have you been drinking? Um, you know, I went to a bar a couple of years ago and went to order a drink. And they were like, no, you're, you're drunk. I can't give this to you. And it's like, I've had nothing to drink. I just have a disability. And, and like when those moments happen i just i feel like dang is that all you see 
amazed wow. my disability. Yeah. Um, and I realized that's the first time these people are interacting with me, but it's mm-hmm. still like, why is that your first question? Yeah. Now, for some people, like the bartender, I get it. He was doing his job, but it was still like, had me self-conscious of like, do I really sound drunk when I'm speaking and had no, no alcohol? And so I think that um, I'm still working through how to react. Um, yeah. But it it causes me to have a lot of social anxiety around new people. Mm-hmm. Um because I wonder, like, do they understand that I'm not drunk? Do they understand I'm fully coherent with their conversation? Or what are their assumptions that they're making of me? Yeah. And, you know, it just, it gets exhausting. And so while, yes, I'm very social, upbeat, extroverted, Sometimes I just hate meeting new people Hmm. simply for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. So how would you, how would you, I have two, two more questions. How would you um, encourage um, people to support or be more aware of uh, people with disabilities? Because I remember that time you were like, you just like you called me later that day and you thanked me for like, you know, just saying what I said because it was like giving you permission to feel and not not skipping over how you felt, you know, and, you know, other people may have just been like, oh, shake it off. And yeah. I was just like, no, like you should be like, you can be mad. Like, it's okay to be mad, you know? Yeah. So, like, how would you encourage people to um, support in, in, in cases um, dealing with people who have disabilities? Um, so, so one thing is like, see them for all that they are, not mm. just their disability. Yeah. Their disability may be a huge part, of who they are, but they are not just a disabled person, Mm -hmm. whether it's a mild form or where it's a very extreme form. And that's really all you see. There's so much more in like, try to do the work to know more about who they are. Um, And also if it's clear to you that, that person has a disability and you barely know them, don't ask them right away about their disability. Mm. Um, I, I had someone ask me that a couple of weeks ago and, and I, I was just honest. I'm like, why are you asking? Mm-hmm. Um, and they said, I just want to connect. And I'm not, I was like, there are other ways for you to connect with me. I don't yeah. know you for you to ask that. Yeah. Um, because I think from the jump, 
you may be trying to allow uh that disabled person to um to feel seen but what they may feel is all you see is mm. their disability wow yeah and so it's it, it's very complex and you will meet some disabled people that will want you to ask about their disability up front and so it's not like this is not a one size fits all um we're not we're not a monolith we just be cautious of like who you're around Mm -hmm. yeah um how has cp been a blessing in your life so i I think CP has been a blessing in my life in the sense of I know what society has said about me, but I know what I am capable to overcome. Mm. Um, it is, it's because of my disability that I am such a driven person. Like, mm-hmm. if I have a goal, you're not stopping me. If I want something, I will get it. Um, just because I've always had to be driven, committed, focused. Um, and so it's been a blessing in that regard. And I, in another blessing, it's been like I've been able to inspire people of like you know, look at what I'm doing and have accomplished. And so you can do that too. Mm, Uh, You know, I'm not trying to puff myself up, but like, I, I want people to see what I've done so that they know they can do it too. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. One last for me. One last, one last. Keep it coming, bro. What encouragement would you give to anybody who um, has a disability? What encouragement would you give to that person? You don't owe anyone any answers. Mm. Um, If someone asks about your disability, you don't, you're not obligated to give an answer, whether it's, a friend, family member, or a stranger. You have a right to your own body. And for someone to expect that you're going to give an answer is a violation of your body. Yeah. And please honor your body. Mm, That's so good. Man, I mean, I feel like you and I could chop it up for hours. Um, (laughs) Yep. But we're we're gonna leave we're gonna leave the listeners just a, a little we're gonna leave them with a little curiosity so uh, we can we can revisit some of these things. I did want to move on to our next segment, which is burr, 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 rapid fire. Okay. Yeah, you didn't think I was coming with rapid fire for you, but I'm always coming, Tony. I'm always coming for you. I'm always ready. All right. Question. Well, you know the drill. Rapid fire first. Yep thing that comes to mind what is your favorite book 
My favorite book right now has to be um um Woke Church by Eric Mason. All right. You you guys will be able to see that in the what are they called? Show titles. Show show, show notes. notes. Come on, bro. Show notes. That's it. <laughs> all right. Ice cream or cookies? Ice cream all day. What kind of ice cream? Um, I love chocolate marshmallow ice cream. Oh, that's very specific. Very specific. Um, and what? What? When was the last time you stood up for yourself? Um, I think it it was that incident I I alluded to earlier when. I had someone come up and ask me about what my disability was. Um, He himself actually had a disability and wanted to connect, but I didn't know him until I basically said, you don't have a right to ask me that. Mm. That's good. Tony, this has been beyond what I could have imagined. This was, has been awesome, but The moment everybody's been waiting for is the friendship quiz. Yeah, boy. Because I, Conroy, am the better friend, clearly. So I think it's your question for me, Tony. It is, sir. For this friendship quiz. So hope you're ready for a correct answer. (laughs) What I'm gonna give you an easy one. What town am I from? Oh, Tony, it's easy, but then it could also not be easy. Where are you from or where you were born? Where am I from? Chambersburg. Bro. Hagerstown. <laughs> You can't take that back, bro. Hagerstown. Hagerstown, yes. Weren't you? Well, you were born there, right? No, I was born in Baltimore, Maryland, and I grew up in Hagerstown. You were born in Baltimore? What the heck? Yeah, so because I was I was uh, two months premature. Oh, uh, okay. And so... My mom had to go to a hospital in Baltimore to make sure they had everything they needed to care for me when I was born. Oh, yeah. You didn't tell me all that. Learn something new every day. Every day. (laughs) Well, guys, thank you uh, so much for tuning in. Hey, we're going to do a couple. We're going to do more of these when it's just Tony and I just kind of chopping it up just so you guys can get to know us a little bit more. Um, but c- continue to share, like, comment. Let us know what else you want to talk about. Um, share this out. Let people know because we are just trying to hear people's stories and just understand like what it means to be authentic in their life. So until next time, be authentic in everything that you do. Peace. Peace.